Welcome back to the final episode of season two for the Pocket Network. As you can see, the seat next to me is empty again, so I'm gonna ask our producer to come back and join me. We're gonna make this an end of season uh, finale tradition. Oh my God, we're part of a tradition now. This yes. is great. So many traditions with the Pocket Network because it's doing so good. So thank you to everyone who's been watching. Thank you to everyone for all your amazing feedback and for everyone that was referring these amazing guests to us so that we can get to know them, their business practices, and really be able to pick their brain so that you guys can better uh, value your business and innovate all your practices. So, Gavs, question for you. Do you have a favorite episode? Um, wow. Uh, that's a great. Question. It's a very hard question. We had amazing guests this year. Yes. We did a bunch of um, virtual podcasts, mm -hmm. which means we had people from all over the United States yeah. that came on. We had Ed Stulak come on, which was our first episode. So, yeah. we really started the season off with the boom and um yeah it was uh we had some really great guests on so i don't think i could yeah. pick one but um i think that this was a very successful season so first and foremost i want to uh congratulate the pocket network yes. uh, podcast for two officially we're 30 episodes in yeah. this is 30 episodes uh two seasons down and um unlimited to go yes for sure well we're, we're just gonna keep looking out for great content for you guys and what i really loved about this uh this season is just the diverse array of of uh of I guess you can say the skills that were offered to us. So like whether it was Ed Stulak, who was a social media master in the real estate landscape, or for someone like Teresa, who really took advantage of her own personal branding and her own personality to be able to get that across to her customers, to her team, so that they're also successful with her. Or someone like Jay Lockett, who was making those the beautiful storage homes. containers. Those were incredible. Yeah. Like they that takes like the mini houses to a whole new uh to a whole new definition because they were not many at all. So those were so incredible. Or even Brandon, he was so new in the industry, um, but he was doing so well. And that just proves how well you could do if you have the right mentoring and coaching, because he came from a family of real estate giants, people mm -hmm. who were incredible, who were able to give him real life advice from their own experience. And he was able to translate that so perfectly because he's doing so well and he's been an agent for a couple of yeah. years now. So I just love it. So what, what else was there? Oh Shavarsh, the hybrid agent. He's not only selling homes, which is already, that keeps you busy enough and it's difficult enough, but he's also doing the loan aspect of it. So I think for any of you that haven't watched any of these episodes that I stated, there's so many more amazing mm -hmm. ones, obviously. Let's not forget the commercial queen. Oh yes, the commercial queen. Yes, the branding again. Yeah. Branding such is great so branding. important. On some of these agents yes. that they're really putting themselves out there. Um, the the most important thing is the spectrum that you were talking about. We had new to experienced to people yeah. that are in between. So we're 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 showing that like at any level. Um, you can you can be successful in 100%. this industry as long as you take advantage of the tools at your disposal. So that directly translates to taking advantage of the pocketnetwork.com. Absolutely. So comment below, let us know how have you taken advantage of, of our website this season? Have you taken advantage of the off-market listings? Have you taken advantage of being able to log on and be faced with professionals that can give you advice in an instant? Yeah. We know a lot of you have been really active on the feed and we appreciate that. And we love all uh, for, for the rest of you that are contributing to the comments, but also we, we challenge you to take that a step further. So be very raw on, on the feed. 
tell us not just the positive moments and like the simple advice that you can ask, but also tell us what hasn't been working with you. Tell us if you're feeling kind of stuck or desperate and you never know. It doesn't matter if someone's had one year of experience or 25 years of experience in the industry. They may have just heard something at a talk or they may have just met an agent who's had a similar fork in the road and they can give you advice where uh, you're able to navigate your career accordingly and come out on top. Yeah, we're always trying to better our website so that it'll be more useful for all of our followers and all of our subscribers so we we take we take those um criticism as constructive criticism we construct on it and we yeah. make it better for you and we uh, we try to publish the best content possible in the market today for uh, for all of our subscribers so we're exactly. really excited for that and um for this episode i think we have a good uh highlight reel of yes. all of our podcasts yeah. it's sort of like everything slapped together mm -hmm. uh, what you get in this season some key moments and stuff so yeah. let's go ahead and have our viewers view that and we'll be right back yes. enjoy Oh, you said you made that version of yourself, yes. that you added these into your business practices. Yes, absolutely. So a lot of it is done purposely. It's not just how you... Uh, no, I don't just wing it. I mean, yeah. it's a business strategy. I need to make sure I know what my clients want and I have to meet their demands. I mean, if you watch my, if you observe my interactions from the side, I'm different with every single client. You know, I match their energy. I match their body language. I match their tone. I change the way I speak, you know, even the dialects. Like yeah. I've got my Barskai clients and I switch the dialect for them. I've got my Russian speaking clients and I switch the dialect for them. So... It's, and I've got Spanish speaking clients. I switch for them. So it's so important for me to create an experience, a unique experience for each client of mine. Yeah. And that's really helped to me. make them comfortable. Absolutely. Yeah. They yeah. have to have fun. They have to enjoy the process. They say buying real estate is so difficult. It's so stressful. Mm -hmm. My clients don't feel that. Yeah. I eliminate all the stress, all the difficulties. I take it upon myself. So my life becomes more difficult. But to them, they don't even realize when they opened escrow, when they found the home, when they closed escrow, when they moved in, I do it so quickly. And it's such a seamless process that I've perfected yeah. that my clients love me for it. Yeah. And I think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you've perfected it, not just because you've done it so many times, but also because you've made the right connections and you have the people in your network to make it go so, so much more easily than someone else might think the process would be. Absolutely. You mentioned network. It's huge. It's a key factor to my success. In 2021, do you know the number off the top of your head? How many transactions? You've over closed 100. over 100. Over 100. That is, is so lot. impressive. One human. <laughs> One human. And when you, I, I don't even know how it got to that number because yeah. I wasn't chasing the number of transactions. Yeah. I was chasing making my clients happy. Every interaction was so precious for me. I lost track of numbers. So it's it's so beautiful that people tell me, oh, by the way, did you know you did this many? I'm like, oh my God, did I really? Yeah. The 24th agent in all of California, oh a fellow goodness. realtor, yeah. looked me up and so Impressive. I'm so proud of you. And I said, wait, wait when did I get here? I love it. Because you know, so, I, I was busy helping a client. Yeah. And that's my goal. I got into this industry to help people. Yeah. And when you're focused on that and nothing else, the rest is noise and distractions, then you'll get followed. I completely agree. And with, with the transactions, so a hundred transactions, that's like what every three days you close the deal. That's a lot. So do you have a transaction coordinator assistant yes. just for that? I wouldn't survive without that. I have the best transaction coordinator. It's part of my Coldwell Banker team and she's 
super organized with paperwork, but of course it's paperwork that I have to understand because I'm the face, right? Yeah. I have to explain that to my clients. If it's disclosures, I need to make sure I review it before they sign. So although she's there to do like the boring stuff, it's boring for me to set yeah. up for signatures, to put all the files together, but the important stuff, I'm still the face. Do you know a lot of people that have like big careers and then uh, real estate on the side? I actually recommend to a lot of people to start real estate as part-timer, which is the number one thing people told me is you can't succeed in real estate as a part-timer. But the one thing they forgot is if you are not making any money, you're going to quit. You're not going to survive. And with real estate, you don't see paychecks right away. It's going to take some time and effort to get there. So what I teach people is jump into real estate while you have a full-time job somewhere else. This takes care of the money issue and it gives you the opportunity to learn from trial and error, to build your book of business, to become an expert in the field before you quit that job that's giving you the money you need for your home, for your car, whatever it is. And then if you do that, you have a place where you can always be networking. Absolutely. You're always put in front of other people. 100%. I mean, without getting in trouble, you know, not during working hours, but I tell this to people, I say, if you're a part-time realtor, you're meeting clients on a daily basis at your full-time job. Yeah. Take advantage of that. You know, and you can't be shy in real estate. I, yeah. I tell my team all the time, I said, shy is not going to work with me. You know, I need you to be confident. I need you to um, be confident in yourself and believe in yourself first to make your clients believe in you, right? Yeah. And I tell them to practice, even in front of a mirror, tell yourself, I'm the best. And then you say it enough times where it hits you like, oh my God, I'm, I really yeah, am the best. Morning confirmation. <laughs> Absolutely. And then you go in front of your clients and they have no choice but to believe that you're the best. Is there any, um, like maybe one secret tool to adjusting to the market? Um, constantly work on educating yourself. Uh, you you can't expect for information to come to you. You have to go out there and, and research and you have to put yourself out there and ask questions and learn. I'm constantly working on bettering myself and educating myself. Is there um, a few tools that you turn to? My tools would be, you know, my broker is extremely knowledgeable in latest real estate laws, regulations, policies. So I go to him often and I, if, if I'm, especially if I'm stuck in a transaction where I don't see an exit strategy, he, he always comes through. Um, knowing the best people in each industry is the best tip and trick I can, and I can advise people. You know, I've got an amazing lawyer I can go to. I've got an amazing insurance agent and so on. So having those people around me is, where I feel most fortunate and blessed. I hear a lot of people saying like they have like uh, softwares or like these websites that they turn to. But when, when I do the research myself, it's such an overwhelming amount of information. And those people at the end of the day, do they, their businesses too. They want to keep you on their website as long as possible. And someone uh, who's just starting off has this part time. They definitely wouldn't have the time to filter through all of that information. And it's overwhelming. But if you notice my resources are my people, they're yeah. never a software. They're never this article or this uh, website. It's people. You have to have a good contact with a bunch of lenders. I got lenders. I You see which personalities mesh well, you know? There's all sorts of great lenders. That I know people that are like specializing in the VA, conventional, yeah. jumbo. There's a lender for everything. And then once you know your buyer, you can pair them, send them to the lenders to talk and see where the person, personalities mesh well, things yes. like that. Because you want, at the end of the day, they're going to be comfortable with you as their realtor. They want to be comfortable with the lender too, because they're yeah. talking about their hard-earned money. You know, there's a lot of people can think they can afford this. They see a monthly payment. They don't like it. 
and the lender has the ability to plug and play and really customize that to their liking more yes. so than the realtor. We can deliver them house after house, but once they talk numbers with the lender, it gives us much more direction so we can look at quality rather than quantity. Yeah, and once you know the price, then it gets much easier to show them homes that they can seriously look at. Yeah, because you can really focus in, because I mean, they, you, sure, you can go spend a Saturday, Sunday open house hopping, having a great time, stop, grab lunch, but if you're not looking with purpose, you don't yeah. have a pre-approval, we can't even put in an offer. It's all about getting people in the door, you know, people love, love to look around, there's clients that they're lucky they see one house, they yeah. want the house offer, <clears throat> excuse me, and they get the house. Oh my God, but when was the last time that happened? I mean, yeah, it's rare. Yeah. I heard it in this market, not really ever yeah. before, rarely too, but I mean, it the good old days. Yeah, but it's all about getting people in the door, you know, at the end of the day, you want to get the right buyer for the right property, because yeah. you don't want to have to push your buyer, you don't want to have to be able to be in an escrow where it feels strained. You want the seller to be feel comfortable with the buyer, and then yeah. you want the buyer to be like, okay, I want this. Oh house my God, I cannot room. imagine being uncomfortable with a house and putting in an offer anyway. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. I get that with like a pair of shoes mm-hmm. because you can swap yeah. it out or don't use it. Yeah, some, but a house. Yeah. The buyer fatigue, you know, it happens these days. Buyers yeah. are looking at hearing no, no, no. I mean, and it's hard. You well, know, yeah, I so can imagine. Competition. So sometimes you just like, put in an offer, let me hear a yes. Yeah. There's some sort of positivity. So definitely it's making sure buyers understand like you need to make sure you want this house. Envision yourself looking here. Like, yes, it's nice. Is yeah. it nice for you? You know, go home, have that conversation. Or are you going to hate me for selling you this yeah, house? you don't want to be like, this guy pushed me yeah. to deal. Oh my gosh, Brandon, you made me feel like we're going to do it now. It's going to go. Yeah. But you never want to push your buyer. Like I said, you're their advocate. You're their advisor. Nothing comes handed to you in this industry. You're going to yes. have to grow your network. You're going to have to put in the work. You're going to have to, you're going to have to love what you do. You cannot just wake up in the morning like, oh, I have to do real estate. It's not going to be handed like, to natural. you. It doesn't matter if I got to show up at six to show a house. You know, it's what I want yeah. to be doing. It's like, it's, you love it. You're going to drive. You're going to show the property show your clients it's what it is so when you have a love for it and you have a, a like interest in learning the information connecting with people and always trying to be the best version of yourself and growing as an agent then you're going to go play yeah it'll come to you yeah because when you get to that one percent i mean yes i'm sure there's a ton of people in that one percent there's thousands of millions of realtors in america but when you put in the work to build your clientele to build yes. your client base meet people and really become like the agent the agent people admire like when i first got my license i could think of people in my head who were like wow you know they're doing it they're young they're professional even experienced people they've built an insane brand off of their own hard work they're a realtor working under whatever brokerage i've gone to top agents i know when i'm feeling like oh you know i'm putting in all this work i'm not yeah. getting the traction i want to get it's been it's been a long day it's been a slow month it's been a slow two months instead whatever of quitting yeah you're not gonna quit because you know i put in so much i'm not gonna let myself quit but it's frustrating you're putting yeah. in 110 you're not getting where you want to get so you go talk to these top agents and they always remind me you know just keep putting in the work it's a process it's it's not it's not a sprint it's, it's a marathon you know it's not a sprint yeah. you're gonna put in the work be your best every day and then when you get that when you get that success it feels good you want to yes. push on you want to do more and what pushed me was so many of these agents told me if we only started when we were your age and is there a specific platform that you think is best for real estate agents specifically Instagram. My go-to is always Instagram. Uh, Reason being is because I look at it as the digital business card of today's world. This is the one platform that has everything all in one uh, under one umbrella. You have your bios, you have your profile picture, you have your about me, you have your pictures about, I don't know, your leisure time, your personal time, but your business and your reviews and your sales and this and that. It's like everything under one. You can't really do that on per se, YouTube or potentially Facebook or Twitter or Snapchat. Like 
to a degree you can, but nothing is as simple as Instagram. You got your profile up top, you scroll and you learn about the person. It's so much easier. And never have I gone to a networking event where someone says, Hey, you want to add me on Snapchat? <laughs> it's, it's always Instagram. Hey, there's a, a quote that I love and it goes like this. Uh, 90% of people sell 10% of people brand. Those 10% of people who brand end up selling 90% more than those who sell. And that quote just solely tells you that personal branding is something you should totally invest into. It's one of the things that is going to streamline your success in life. If you care to continue chasing business all your life, then by all means, keep selling, keep going out there, keep making those cold calls, keep door knocking, keep doing everything you possibly can to chase that business. Personally, me, I am as, how do I say, um, lazy as all can be. And because of my laziness is how I look to make my life even easier, which is a great thing. I guess the one pro of being lazy. Say it again. You call it lazy, but today that's what we call smart. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yes. So my laziness, right, or I guess you can say, makes me trickle into finding easier ways to get things done. So personally, um, the one pro of this all is that I look for ways to have business chase me. And this is where I focus on my personal brand. Make it so attractive that people reach out to me. They start the conversation. They are the ones that bring up the conversation of real estate. They're the ones that say, Hey, how's my, how much is my house worth? Or do you have a new real estate agent? What can they do on YouTube to be successful? Talk about your local area. Talk about all the stuff that you sell in the area. So if you're an, a realtor out in Tampa, Florida, for example, talk everything Tampa, uh, the cafes, the bars, the restaurants, the libraries, this, the, that, the real estate, obviously tie that all into it at the end of the day, but become like the, the spokesperson for that area. And eventually people are just going to be typing in the reasons why not to move to L, uh, to Tampa, Florida. And boom, there's another video that you posted. Here's five reasons why not to move to Tampa. The water sucks. The pizza sucks. This sucks. Like, like, and make it funny, right? You yeah. Know, like, wow, that person knows a lot. Let me see what else. Hey, they that's have. great advice. I didn't yeah. think of that. Oh yeah. And that's something simple that anyone can do. You don't really have to know too much about real estate or have experience. That's it. How do you think an agent can differentiate themselves so that these people who put so much value in the process of buying a home um, feel more comfortable choosing you as an agent? Comes down to the brand. It's always about the brand. Look at my reviews, look at my track record, look at my past sales, look at how happy everyone has been so far using me. Do you want to be another one or do you want to find someone else? That's totally fine if you do, go. But if you want that experience, if you want me, let's do it. It's the brand. It really comes down to that. Yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense. If they associate you with success and happy customers, then they'll want to do the same thing to repeat that emotion. So uh, with reviews, do you ask your clients to post reviews? Uh, does it happen organically? How important do you think that is? Let's talk say, about yeah, yeah, I would say organically definitely comes. Like I just closed a, a house yesterday and so I get, sent a, a link to my client. I was like, hey, please fill this out for me when you when you get a chance. Found out about this opportunity to co-host, which is really just managing for someone else. They furnish it. They have all the financial responsibility. I go in and I'm now the manager. I listen on my Airbnb profile. I host the guests. I use my team with cleaners and, and guest communication, uh, guest services. And... I charge them a certain amount, certain percentage based on how I perform.
pretty average for the market is 20%. So if I made that person $5,000, the first 20% $1,000 right off the top goes to me. And I have zero financial responsibility to that property. When I found how, how to do that, I was like, well, now I don't need any money. Now I can just go convince owners to go buy more properties and listen with me. And that's when we really took off. Now that was also in the middle of COVID. So we had a little bit of some pause, reset, figure out what the market was doing. But from July of 2020 to November of 2020, we went from about seven units to 25 in those four months. If we treat people the way that they deserve to be treated, if we are kind to them, if we are you know courteous to them, if we provide them with value before asking for their business, they will likely feel comfortable giving us their business. Um, it's just like anything right now. Like you go and you you see you know all these people, the the Gary V's of the world, the Grant Cardones, uh, the Alex Hermoses, the big time speakers. Um, what are they doing? They're not they're not in your face selling a product first, they're in your face saying, Hey, how would you like this free download? How would you like this piece of value? How would you like this thing that's going to make you a raving fan of me? That way, when I do ask for your business, I've already gained your trust. Um, so that's the way I do business is value, value, value. It comes from an abundance mindset. It's a, something that I learned about three years ago, right in the beginning of my Airbnb business. I just did a reel about it actually on Instagram of how it changed my, my whole business because it, I mean, if I, if I didn't have that mindset, I might have six or seven properties today. Um, and maybe, maybe 10 making, you know, maybe $20,000 a month thinking I've got it made, but because I had the abundance mindset and I shared it with as many people and taught people how to do it and gave them the value first. Now we have a seven figure business, you know? So that's, that's the, where the abundance mindset comes in. 90% of people call themselves entrepreneurs, but they're just technicians in their own business. That was my dad. Uh, he owned a business, but he had to be there to make money. Then there's the 9% that are managers and they oversee a team, but they're just as busy as the team because they're taking calls, they're taking calls, they're they're double checking, they're you know verifying that the team is doing the job. And then there's that 1% that knows like, hey, if I were to die tomorrow, my team has it knows the ins and outs of this business and it would still run and they would still have jobs and I have everything set up to where it would be deeded over to the, the person that would take over for me. Um, that's That's the true entrepreneur. And so for me, that's it's just not possible if, if the business lives and dies with you you don't have a business you just own a job if you're bringing on the right person who understands the vision understands what their role is and is getting paid well enough they'll come in because they're going to get paid well but they'll stay because they feel like they're a part of something bigger and they're a part of a bigger vision they're a part of a family they're a part of a business where it's you know they have this responsibility and the business has to have them they're going to feel that and they're going to work with you and they're going to continue to be able to to be a part of this this bigger thing and once you have that now we can start saying hey can we scale this thing can we you know i've got the team and i and i can go ahead and i can sign the contract and i can give it off to my team and do does the team have enough resources do they have all the things they need to be able to 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 really knock that task out of the park every single time if the answer to that is yes how many times can we do that again and again and at their capacity. And if we reach that capacity, now who else do we need to bring in or how can we tighten some systems? So that's the, the mindset every day of me is just how can I make my job easier for my team? The most funny two things I learned working at the bank, you don't mess with people's families with their money. Yeah. And uh, real estate is their 
you know, they're, it's they're, their family and their money. It's it's the largest investment that they have. So it's not easy choosing the right person, especially when there's divorce scenarios. I've been through a lot of them, uh, unfortunately. Um, a lot of great people that just didn't see eye to eye, and you know, it's it's life. It happens, and uh, uh, most importantly, you know, they, they they move on, and it's it's important that everything is very. Um, uh, calm. The scenarios are very calm. Doesn't get out of control. But um, the the houses that we sell, like even in scenarios like you said, like they're, they're getting a divorce, you can't go in there about money. The, the moment they feel that this is about money in terms of, yeah, you know what, let's just, you know, sell it for a little less, but sell it faster. Though, that way yeah. you two can go on with your lives. The moment you make it about money, um, you've lost it. You've lost their trust. I think that with every post, we hope that it generates these. Yeah. Um, does it always work? No. But you are seeing it work for you. Um, mine is more word of mouth. But one thing that I do more than anything else is cold call and door knock. Okay. Uh, so obviously those of you who don't know what door knocking is, is you literally knock on doors uh, to try to get business. Um, you, you get some nasty stuff said to you, but nevertheless, you just keep going until you get something nice. Uh, but uh, door knock and, and, and cold call. Um, when I started, first started out, you know, in real estate, obviously no one knows you. You know, there's no referrals, nothing coming your way. So what do you do? I picked up the phone. Um, you know, took a you know list of I don't know six seven hundred people call after call, call after call. Um, and then I just started perfecting the way that I introduced myself. Some people call it an elevator speech, yes. right? One thing that, you know, I do is I'll literally dissect your entire life in terms of finance, you know, finances go. What do you drive? How much is it? When did you buy it? How many years left on your auto loan? Can we refi it, extend the term, increase or decrease the monthly payment, take that contribution for the, you know, whatever's left and add it to the month. I'll, I'll dissect your file so much that I guarantee you by the time I'm done with it and I hand it over to you, you're going to be scratching your head and no one can find a flaw. Nobody will find a flaw in, in, in what I've, I've done. I've never heard that about yeah. how you, you're thinking of how you can change their current payments to give them more income to spend on the house. Yeah. And, and the thing is by the time that, by the time I'm done with a client, I never want them to sit with someone else in the same field and say, nah, no, this person can't compare. I need them to say like no competition. Yeah. Uh, and, and when I say that, I'm not saying about me, she's been super supportive. I've been with her since, you know, the age of 16 and, and, and she's my backbone. I mean, literally eight to Z, we have three beautiful kids and uh, supportive always, you know, and I think that even like athletes, right? You, you look at, you know, for example, basketball player, they're gone X amount of months out of the yeah. year. I mean, not everyone can fill those shoes. I mean, those are, those are some, you know, tough shoes to fill you, right? As a significant other to yeah. whether you're in the WNBA or the NBA, whatnot, that person's gone for X amount of years, I think months out of the year. You, you have to accept that person for who they are because that's the dream that they've had. And, and my wife, I think knows that this is the dream that I have. And, and we actually both started out as a realtors. And of course, you know, the, the, the motherly duties kick in and, and without that, I can't do what I do. So it's a yin and yang, you know, but she's extremely supportive. And I think that's something that you touched on. It's very, very important. I think that's why you haven't needed a team for this long. She was your team the whole time. I cannot do what I do without her. There is no question. I would go to open houses every weekend and try to meet agents to figure out if I could somehow create a beneficial relationship outside of a real estate agent, literally clicking lists and taking four five, 6% uh, for no reason. I, I really view that as no reason. Like, 
I have a friend that has a license. He can click the same button. They have to do more and bring more to the table to justify that. Um, and I will say with the Chernoff team, we definitely got that and a lot more. Uh, they mainly work with developers and stuff. And that kind of benefited us because they were able to put us in contact with developers. They were able to get us different subs that we could use in different areas. Um, and, you know, Sara definitely trusted us and put a lot of faith in us to list the house with her and helped us out a lot tremendously towards the, like the middle, towards the, from the middle to the end of the project for us. Completely transform your project and your lives with it. So, um, how did you guys go about networking? Did you just find people online and call them up and hope it works out? Honestly, fake it till you make it. Um, okay. we, we reached out to a lot of people and, uh, we maybe presented ourselves above where we were actually at and maybe presented ourselves of where we wanted to be. Um, and then it's, it's finding the right people that kind of believe in you. So for us, I think before we even bought our first property, we had what connections did we had? Nothing. Right. No, we yeah. didn't have any, we didn't really have any connections to anybody in construction or in real estate. Uh, just, friends that may have gotten their license or Instagram friends that may have gotten their real estate license. That's about it. Um, yeah, we, so nothing we, solid. I'll start off by, I guess I'll, I'll tell the story of our first property. So 5715 Truist Avenue uh, is our first and only project as of right now that we've completed. Uh, we bought that project for 625 uh, November, September, September, November, something like that. 2020. Is that right, Eddie? Uh, it was October, 2020. Okay. October, 2020, uh, we bought it for 625. We ended up selling it for $1.91 million. It's the most expensive home to ever sell in North Hollywood. So we set a record, but acquiring that property was the biggest hurdle our first hurdle that we faced and figuring out how to find a property. We bought it for $625,000. If you guys look at comps in the area at that time, they were around 750. Uh, and the way we did that is, uh, like I said, initially we reached out to a lot of agents, a lot of people in the industry trying to find good deals out there that were not on the MLS yet. And it became very difficult to do. So we were like, Hey, how do these agents get these listings? How do we get to these people before the agents do? And simple enough, it's advertising. The thing that we didn't realize that people need to realize is the amount of decisions that you need to make during a project is absolutely way more than you think. If you haven't done a project, the number of decisions that need to happen is an astronomical number. So if you set that all up in a design plan um, from the beginning, there's a lot less th extra decisions that you need to make. Now, things may not go as smoothly. They, they You might not have the tile available anymore. So you might have to switch that tile or whatever the case is. But if you have most of the stuff picked out, most of the decisions made, then you're making only some decisions, which will let, you know, it'll help you actually scale your business. Yeah. And you'll be able to, I'm sure, work on multiple projects at a time. One project will not need your full-time attention. Exactly. We, I don't think we would have been able to do a second project um, with how much time we were spending on this project and the YouTube, yeah, and sure YouTube took you a lot of time too. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you learn a lot more when you focus all your time and energy into one thing at a time. What's the durability on these homes? Like, like do you have to do anything to make sure that they last longer? Well, we're on a, a pretty good sized foundation uh, here. And then the, there's a bunch of steel in the concrete 
and then the containers are welded to the steel and the concrete and then they're welded to each other so super strong like unbelievably strong uh, it's much stronger than a conventional built house with you know uh two by four framing and stucco walls yeah and how long do these homes typically last uh, this can last forever. I mean, as long as you, even if you get some scratches or it or it, uh, it, it gets a little rusty, it's meant to do that. The shipping containers are made of a product called Corten Steel that is meant to put a rust layer. If something, some damage happens to it, some kind of scratch or dent, it'll rust up real quick and that protects the steel. So uh, these, there's shipping containers out there right now from you know, like the eighties, we are in unsure times right now. And it, it is, it's a little bit stressful. We all know that in the long run, real estate is always a good investment. I mean, it, it always tends to come back and increase in price. So I'm not too worried about that, but it, there is a problem with people being able to continue to afford housing definitely yeah. here in California. So this would definitely be the way to go. You can buy a lot out here in Joshua tree for $30,000, right? So for $30,000, you can own two and a half acres and then get a hold of a company like us. And, and we could even put in a very small build your ADU first, and you could have that for rent out and then decide what you want to do on a bigger house later on down the road. So saying it's a really great investment opportunity, even if you don't plan on living in the home, you're right. Whether it's Airbnb or as a rental, um, you can make so much money off of this in the long term. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a, it's a very, very popular place. The national park, 3 million people a year visit national park here in Joshua Tree. It's an amazing, and the numbers are going up. So it's incredible. It's a, it's a great investment here. I'll give you the number one client that, you know, I think is the most consistent and gives me the most business and probably a lot of, uh, you know, new, new photographers might not think about it is property managers. And guess what? Property managers, you know, the, the place is vacant. They need new photos because they've only just painted this and they're going to list it for rent again. You go, it's empty. You just do an empty apartment, get out, charge Real the same fee. Real estate photographer's dream. Exactly. 10, 15 minutes, you're out of there, you know, Incredible. And you're charging the same thing and they're going to keep you busy, especially if they're big ones, yeah. you know, because they have... It's big, not just one property. Yeah, exactly. They That's got incredible. vacant apartments, and buildings. Property and, managers, um, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, yeah. it's easier for them once they have a job for a, a single place mm -hmm. to get listings than a real estate agent. Uh, Doesn't the company just give it to them? The, the well, listings yeah, that get? yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. It's like so. It's like yeah. I'm buying a property. I'm like, hey, can you manage my property? For, yeah. So, course, so if you fee. connect with the property managers, uh -huh. uh, realistically, you would get more business from that. Yeah. Not just because it's ongoing, because they have uh, more Many, tenants. Same more place. coming at the same yeah. time. You know, it's you never know. Like they might have hundred apartments now. They might have thousand. Wow. You know, a year that later. That is incredible. But See, that, that sounds consistent. so obvious that you say it, but yeah. I wouldn't have thought of it so yeah it's it's definitely you know it's the number one tip and it came to me naturally you know they found me and suddenly i'm like okay let's <laughs> say your pipeline completely dries out so you don't have any more people calling you for these photos okay what would you do today how would you try to restart your career oh my god easy i'd be knocking on you know broker's offices i've done a lot of that I'd go to broker's office try to get that Monday morning slot, go, the, all the agents are there, you know, present yourself, 
show them why you're valuable you know like not only what kind of photos you do but why you're going to be valuable to them so let's and let's answer that question so yes. what do you what would you say to an, an agent and i know that for everyone it would be different yeah but other than my photos are amazing yeah. why hire me because you can trust me you know you can trust me in that house with your client they're going to be happy it, and you're going to be happy at the end of the day you know so it's it's for me it's always that it's when i go in uh, it's a really quick rapport you know that is being built from the beginning and that comes with experience of course when you're first starting of course you will be experience nervous experience and i think your personality personality you just have that personality yeah. that's very likable thank you and the clients will be able to see that and yeah. you don't want some random person who's just going to be moody in your house yeah exactly taking photos of your private air, uh, rooms exactly yeah yeah that's yeah. great advice that's great advice and it goes back to face-to-face -face contact yeah a lot of people say that that's the most important way in real estate but what i'm offering now is again it's a video short video because it's one of those most emotional moments and yeah. with emotion we connect right mm -hmm. you see anything emotional on like kitten videos you know ang videos that make you angry all these videos that elicit emotion that's yeah. those are the ones that we connect with that's the most uh, like uh, important moment of their lives especially if there is their first home we come you know we capture that moment that's incredible i never thought yeah. of that i've seen a lot of people writing like sold and they list yeah. the property and i'll sometimes zoom in and admire the property mm -hmm. but I, I can imagine i would stop the and actually watch the reactions of the buyers come yeah. in walking through the door for the yeah. first time i can see that having cheese, its own know. tiktok uh, hashtag exactly like you know, the soldiers coming home and then first home that's it <laughs> yeah. so Love it's, it. it's something that we're offering now my entire recession that has been my thing or like build so people don't see it build so you're so strong that when an earthquake happens and I call recession an earthquake you can withhold on your feet and you you don't go negative you don't go minus because when you're negative imagine you underwater it takes so much more pressure to get up when you're on the surface it's easier to get up yes so that has always been my thing and and that's the reason why my business model has shifted into income properties have shifted into not taking as many clients and not caring what a top agent should look like because I really don't care, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And because I really understood that it took me years to sit down and really be honest with myself and ask myself so many questions. Like, am I gonna compete with X and Y and Z or am I going to compete with myself who I was before recession or who I was before my 30s or 40s or whatever the case is, right? And you got, you understand that, okay, you are here in United States of America. You look at all these billionaires, you look at all these people that have provided generational wealth, and it's real estate. Yes. You can't do that in other countries, and that's why so many people are drawn here. I have heard a lot of people, a lot of successful people that I've talked to, one of the common denominators is they have some sort of financial background. Do you feel like that does give you a leg up in the industry? Definitely. Uh, it definitely helps a lot because you understand the whole picture. It's not just a matter of negotiating that specific deal. It's a matter of understanding a, a, a larger, like having a larger vision. And also you get a more like a micro uh, understanding of the deal. So it always helps, of course. Yeah. It makes sense. So uh, would it be fair to say to new agents or people who are just studying for their exam? Um, I know a lot of people don't do real estate full time in the beginning. Maybe a great job to have on 
on the side is to go to a bank and get an entry-level position. Yes, I accidentally got a job at the bank when I was only 16. Oh, wow. And I accidentally, <laughs> while I was at the, at the bank, I got promoted, you know, I kept getting promoted back to back into a loan officer position. That's incredible. And then, yeah, people are so busy whining and bitching about life that if you use that energy and you use that time towards your goal, your dream, whatever it is, and it's not about business, not everything's about business. And that's, that's what I try to make people understand. If you really put that, shift that energy into something useful, and you know, most people that criticize you are people that haven't even done half of what you've done in your yeah. life. Like nobody that has, that is above you will ever criticize you. And sometimes when I, and I hear that a lot, it really bothers me. Like, well, you're a businesswoman and you're very business oriented. And you're, uh, when I was younger, they used to call me, like they used to say, well, he was very career oriented. No, I'm not career oriented. Just because I got a promotion doesn't mean I'm, exactly. that's my life. Exactly. I am and very, people don't see that. You're right. And, and, and I, I just choose to ignore that. I'm like, okay, whatever. If you don't see who I am, you're not my person. In my experience, the people that speak like that, they truly believe that you are career oriented for their own sake because that's the excuse as to why they're not successful because I focused on family. I could have done that too. When in reality, if they really take a look at your life, you have a thriving family and career. Yeah, and, and, and I want to be very clear. I love and respect and I think that having a family and keeping a balance, which I don't even believe in a balance. You know, I have a family that just recently opened a business and they take time away from their child to fit the business so that that business could fit, fit the dreams they have for their child. People are so busy whining and bitching about life that if you use that energy and you use that time towards your goal, your dream, whatever it is, and it's not about business, not everything's about business. And that's, that's what I try to make people understand. If you really put that, shift that energy into something useful, and you know, most people that criticize you are people that haven't even done half of what you've done in your yeah. life. Like nobody that has, that is above you will ever criticize you. And sometimes when I, and I hear that a lot, it really bothers me. Like, well, you're a businesswoman and you're very business oriented. And you're, uh, when I was younger, they used to call me, like they used to say, well, you're very career oriented. No, I'm not career oriented. Just because I got a promotion doesn't mean I'm, exactly. that's my life. Exactly. I am and very, people don't see that. You're right. And, and, and I, I just choose to ignore that. I'm like, okay, whatever. If you don't see who I am, you're not my person. In my experience, the people that speak like that, they truly believe that you are career oriented for their own sake because that's the excuse as to why they're not successful because I focused on family. I could have done that too. When in reality, if they really take a look at your life, you have a thriving family and career. Yeah, and, and, and I want to be very clear. I love and respect and I think that having a family and keeping a balance, which I don't even believe in a balance. You know, I have a family that just recently opened a business and they take time away from their child to fit the business so that that business could fit, fit the dreams they have for their child. Because my clients are buying when it's slow. So you got to build, I'm yelling, sorry. No, you're <laughs> you gotta not. build your business so it's recession proof. You yeah. gotta build your business where, you know, if today things are slow, you have clients that are going to buy when it's slow. It's not just like, oh, well, I have no business because I would just focused on getting listings no you got to and so so for a real estate professional whether they're new or not I think it's very very important to 
uh, decide what kind of a business they're gonna be in. Yeah. And today, like I, you know, I wake up in the morning, not every day, but most of the day I have a call from somebody that's interested in buying a fourplex or especially now a lot of people moved from different countries yes. with money. And they look, they look with for professionals that specialize in that. Yeah. So I you don't want to run out of money in a new country with no job prospects. Yeah. And I think that's very smart. So no matter what happens in real estate, if you ride out that wave, it'll go right back up and you'll get your money returned. Mm -hmm. And, and, and another reason why I, I tell people multi-units and it doesn't have to be a 10 unit building. I mean, two units, three units, because they're not appraised based on what your neighbor's house sold. They're appraised based on how much rent they collect. And how, when was the last time that you remember rent went down? Right. You it's get what I'm saying? getting crazy. Yeah. yeah. And, and so, so I feel like because I'm an entrepreneurial person, my, I, I, I like attract entrepreneurial souls. Depending on how good you are as an agent will depend on how well you can convince somebody to actually buy something. Right. If you're just an agent who uh, is looking to push paper and you have no real semblance of knowledge or background on, on what it is you're trying to sell, then, yeah, you're going to find yourself in, in some muddy water often. Right. But if you have real understanding about uh, what you're getting your clients into and have a real basis of knowledge that can, I don't want to use the word manipulate, but it's the word that's coming to mind, uh, manipulate your buyers into the way you're, you think, then you're going to have a much higher track record of success. Most people who are looking to network with agents and lenders and things like that is you have to, you, first of all, you have to pick your area, right? So uh, the first thing you need to do is know, know your zip code blind, right? Uh, that's the first thing you need to do. Pick your zip code, know the streets, know the areas, know the comps, be, be alert of what's, what's for sale, what's not for sale, what did sell, what went off the market, uh, you know, what, what lawns aren't being cut, you know, all of those sort of things. And sometimes know it better than your agent themselves. With all that knowledge that you'll arm yourself with, which is all available online, you will be able to notice who does the most transactions. Ah, so Dennis does this many uh, you know, transactions a month and Shelly does this much and this person does that much. And I'm making up names here, but you know, the, the, you, you begin to identify patterns and those are the people that if you're looking to build those relationships, you go after them and you say, Hey, how did you, you know, I, I saw that you sold that house. Um, I'm looking for something just like it. How do I, you know, what's the, what's the move here? How do I get there? Um, network events are cool and they're interesting. And I think that they're great for people who are starting out. Oh, uh, some agent posted this on their group, Facebook group and says it's developers should see. So he, they sent it out to their developer list. Did you do any research? Did you look at the property? Did you see what condition it was in? Did you see where it was located? Did you see, you know, why it's priced that low or what's wrong with it? Did you, did you find out what could be done to the property? You know, they come in empty handed. All they have is an address and they think an address is going to get them the money. But if they come in with knowledge, like I was telling you earlier, they come in prepared to sell, then they have something of value 
that they can provide. When agents just send me an address, I go, what's the story with it? And they go, oh, well, someone from my office has it. And that, you know, I thought it might be good for you. Why did you think it might be good for me? Well, it's, it's in this neighborhood and, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's the price. Well, you know, what, what's so good about the price? Well, it's, you know, the, the comp next door, blah, 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 sold for this much. I go, okay, why did that one sell for that much? It's a constant just asking questions because they're bringing me nothing, yeah. right? So I have nothing to get from what they're giving me. I can go to any agent I want and say, hey, this listing is available. Should I buy it? It doesn't matter how good your Instagram is. If you're a new realtor who knows nothing and you're putting out awesome reels and YouTube videos, no one has any trust in you. Get a mentor and let them lead you. Let them show, let them show you how to build your brand uh, and how to you know, go through a deal and how to go through an experience because uh, there's so much you're going to go through and you'll begin to figure out what works best for you. Like what, you know, what kind of deals you like to work on. Maybe you don't want to do deals where you're dealing with contractors and developers. Maybe you just want to deal with you know, regular run-of-the-mill buyers, people who are just selling their home because they got to get out of it. It's like, you know, looking at my home, like when I sell this thing, it's going to someone who wants to just move into this house. They're not doing any work to it. Like that's an easy, super easy transaction. Like just do an inspection, make sure everything's okay and you're done, right? You're not worried about property size and buildables and exits and anything like that, right? No math, just easy transaction, relationship only. And you might find what you're looking for in different scenarios. So getting experience is definitely, of course, a must, right? So go to like offer to sit opens, offer to meet people, go wherever you need to go. Don't be shy about being the first person or the new person or anything like that. Um, but find a mentor, find someone who's really going to guide you. Uh, what I say is that you can take the path on your own. You can learn all the things you want to learn, but if you have a mentor along the ride with you, it's kind of like having, you know, uh, it's an old reference, but a Thomas guide. I made my first six-figure year when I vowed, like my New Year's resolution was to stay in my lane and focus on myself. And anytime, anytime I started to compare myself to another agent or start to feel some sort of way about something, I would pull myself in. I'd give myself a little pep talk. I would look back at my New Year's resolution and I would like toe this straight line of like, I'm focusing on my business. I'm going to be better than I was yesterday. That's all I cared about. And that was my first six figure year. So if you are a newer agent and you are trying to figure out, okay, how do I get to that six figure mark? What does that look like? It first and foremost looks like worrying about your own business and not the outside influences. So, and it, that's hard. It's so much easier said than done because I think we all tend to compare our businesses and ourselves to other people in the industry. 
when you talk to women, it tends to be more service-based. I want to serve my clients. I want to build relationships. We're more service and relationship-based where I think men think in terms of sales. And I don't know that one is better than the other. But I think what happens is, is like we kind of let the sales side overshadow the fact that we are in a service industry. And yes, yeah. there is sales involved in it. But really, relationship and nurturing those relationships is one of the best things that you can do for your business. And as women, we tend to be better at that than men. Yeah. We tend to be better at nurturing and doing those type of things because it's, it's in our DNA. So again, a lot of generalization, generalizations here, but just thinking that, you know, when I'm thinking about men in the leadership space, I do tend to think of them as like the aggressive. You think about they have the headsets on and they're like, yeah. and they're like, oh, da, 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 you know, all of that fun stuff. We don't tend to be like that so much. So I think that, um, you know, just recognizing the fact that you are still in a service industry, even though you are selling, that shouldn't be your primary goal. It should be to serve and to nurture and to build those relationships with your clients. Yeah. And also realistically, um, if you're tuning into your emotional side and also um, understanding what your client needs from you emotionally, that's more effective in any type of marketing. Forget about just real estate. Any type of marketing, if you're able to make the story emotional and connect with the person, you will be able to sell, sell more. The best way that I have found to keep track of a schedule is through time blocking. If you're not familiar with what time blocking is, it basically is where you give a certain task, a specific time frame. This could be 15, 30, 45 minutes or an hour. So for example... On my time blocking schedule, I know that when I get into my office every single day, I have 15 minutes to do a brain dump of what I need to do that day and to check my email. Because what tends to happen is, um, and I can't remember the quote, but there's some sort of quote along the lines of, you know, if you um, give yourself 10 years to accomplish a goal, you're going to accomplish that in 10 years. If you give yourself 10 months to accomplish a goal, you're going to accomplish accomplish it in 10 months. Basically, the idea is, is that you will fill up the time that you give yourself. So if you are, if you guard your time and you are super strict with it and you say, all right, I'm only going to spend 15 minutes on my email in the morning and then I'm going to move on to my next task, you will be able to get your email done in 15 minutes. Once I started time blocking and I gave like specific times to each task, I was able to be super, super cognizant of how much time it took for things. When you do residential, residential is like, you know, um, there are like a lot of like feelings from the clients and you have to find what they're looking for. You have to see if they have kids. So how big the house has to be. If they want a pool, they don't want a pool. Um, they have, if they have kids, they have a big family. You have to make sure that the kitchen is going to have a lot of space. It's not going to be like in small kitchenettes. Yeah. So you, there are like a lot of parts that you have to concentrate into that for them. But commercial is it's a different ballgame. Yeah, with commercial, even if they know exactly what they're looking for, if you find better numbers, I'm sure they'll snatch it up. Exactly. Yes. Oh, believe me, yes. I had 
uh, an escrow for a year and it got canceled because we found another one that it made more sense to my clients. Like, okay, let's cancel this and let's get that one. I'm like, okay, sure, oh no goodness. problem. But it was a year of work. I think the pocket network, uh, the idea of our website was actually born because of that reason, because we saw the value in networking yes. and being in the room with the right people. Yes. And the pandemic stopped us from being able to do that. Yes. So we built our website so that people can log on and God forbid we have another pandemic or COVID gets worse or whatever. God forbid any of that happens, but if it does, you're prepared. You can log on to the pocket network. There's virtual spaces where you can still continue making those connections yes. and continue joining groups of like-minded people yes. and referring business to each other Yes, because that's so important to business. Yes. I've talked to so many agents who are at uh, the top 1% or are the top person in their, uh, in their brokerage. And one of the top ways that they continue to source leads referrals so to me it was like i also want to help my family i mean i also want to help families yeah um it's a really good joy to see also clients when they get the house that emotion that they get like oh my god they feel so realized because it's one of the biggest investments that they do in their lives yeah so that is good and sometimes they're like easier Sometimes it can be like more difficult, but I like it. I honestly, I love um, showing houses somehow since I'm coming from the tile industry. So every time that I go to a house, I'm like, oh my God, this is, oh, this is like a quartz or this is a granite or this is marble. So I get so excited about yeah. it. I'm very passionate. So I like to, to do it because I'm very passionate about it. I would recommend them to interview a lot of uh, people because it's also not about the brokerage. It's also about with whom you're partner with mm -hmm. it's like you can be in the best brokerage ever but if your partner of the people that are like around you they're not the right type for you the right fit it's not gonna work regardless yeah. so before joining exp i interview a lot of people because now i was already a seasoned agent and i knew what i wanted yeah so that's why i was like okay let me do my my research and let me see which one is going to be best for me and for me exp works i would say get a coach number one uh someone that aligns with uh you know what you're looking to do uh you know that 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 would be the fastest way to get to uh you know your, your goal which is just to, to understand the business and the market um but other than that i would say get all the books about you know uh what you're trying to study are you looking about the are you trying to study sales or are you, are you trying to study uh the markets and just read as much as you can consume as much as you can i mean uh we're in 2022 i mean whatever you want there's it's you could probably find it for free out there um and just consume it like you consume food like you know water just day in day out and and eventually it will click but number one i would say get with a person and and sit with them and as much as you can provide value to them be coachable that'll be the fastest way to get to uh the goal but other than that watch youtube i mean there's wealth of knowledge on on youtube and and read as much as you can um you know that that's going to be the best way talking to a loan officer again we, we we're seen as salespeople, mm -hmm. but in reality we're, we're we're more of like 
just like an investment banker, you know, you come to, you go to an investment banker and you talk to them about all kinds of, kinds of different investments. Loan officers are just like that because, you know, if you have a hundred thousand dollars to invest into real estate, but you have goals of buying maybe two more properties in the next two or three years, like you should say all that. You should tell the loan officer all that. And the loan officer should go into your goals, find out what your goals are. So we can kind of strategize so you can get, get to your goals sooner than later. Because if you, if the loan officer doesn't give you all the different programs and you have only a hundred thousand dollars and you're going to, you know, that's your life savings. You're going to put it into one house then to get to, to, to purchase another two properties in the next two or three years, that's going to be tough. It took you all their whole life to save a hundred thousand yeah. dollars. So, you know, loan, invest, uh, loan officers should do their job by being consultants and, and, and people that go to loan officers should, should share their goals and, and tell them, you know, what they're trying to accomplish. And, uh, hopefully, you know, the loan officer will do their job and write out a game plan. What I tell people that are trying to get into the business, I say, go get, go work at a call center for one, two, three years or somewhere that's high volume, right? You know, even at the bank, I used to work at a bank that was high volume. I used to get walking clients. Yeah. Uh, so you go somewhere where you get volume so you can, uh, you know, just, you know, put in the hours, you know, that you need in the beginning because you're learning something new. Yeah. And at least you'll be getting paid while you're learning. Meanwhile, if you get your license straight out of high school and you work for a small brokerage, um, you might not make money for a year, two years. It's frustrating and it's not that easy to learn. If if you're not like uh, financially or mathematically gifted, then it would be hard to pick up. But if you're at the bank, you're getting paid while you slowly get to learn and you make really good connections, most importantly, especially if you can get some sort of promotion to work as a small business banker or something where you are face-to-face with business owners, then you're developing with relationships with people who can afford to buy homes in the future. Absolutely. And you keep nurturing those relationships. I think in a perfect world, everyone makes calls all morning and creates content all evening. That's in a perfect world, but we don't live in a perfect world. Not everybody's comfortable making videos. Um, you know, even if you make the videos that you're not even in, it's just of the property and stuff. Um, you know, uh, there's a skill to all that stuff and not everybody, not everybody has those, those tools in their tool belt. Um, you know, but the people who want to work on it and practice and make content and get better, then, you know, those are the people that are going to, you know, end up creating decent content and better and better content and end up getting traction in their business. Um, you know, I, I think, I think all that in the beginning, is um, to complement what you're doing with the phone calls and, and the emails and the door knockings and all that. In the beginning, I think it's more of a complement to that stuff. But then long term, I think we see where people actually build massive businesses on the back of, you know, video and social media content. Look at how much effort I put in though over the last six years. People just, you know, it's like 100 deals a year, you know, they see 100 deals a year. And, you know, they're like, oh, but they don't they don't really want to sit down and think about 12 years it took me to get there, you know, of, you know, pounding the phones and, you know, 12 years, you know, of just really grinding, grinding, grinding. Same thing here, you know, um, I'm doing some really cool things and I can't wait to see what happens over the next two, three, four, five, ten 10 years with what I'm doing on social. But look at what I went through, like. I mean, thousands and thousands and thousands of videos and, you know, um, a lot of blood, sweat and tears.
I've heard of a lot of people talk about giving value to people and that's how you build relationships. That's how uh, you, you get their business. But I don't think anyone has really put that into play the way you have with uh, just finding out that everything that you're putting out there is completely free. That kind of blows my mind because I know a ton of people would pay good money to hear you speak or to, uh, to get your attention one-on-one for just 30 minutes. So the fact that you're doing this for free it, it blows my mind. I just, I don't know. Like, why did you think to do that? Well, um, you know, I just, it hit me all at once as I was charging for coaching. I realized that people, um, most people weren't paying. What I did was I quit posting for a couple months to really research and, um, do my due diligence because I was just posting whatever, whenever, and it got me to where I was, but I have really flatlined over the last year. And I really wasn't growing anymore. Um, And I just decided I was going to quit just throwing stuff out there and be more intentional and really treat it like a job. I wasn't treating a social media like a job. I was basically just using it to just dump content. And it got me to a certain place, but it's not going to get me where I want to be. And so when I, I did my research and then I came back to the drawing board and that's where you see this new style of content that I'm making on Instagram. Um, and so I, and, and I literally figured the entire algorithm and everything out. And now like I'm picking up a hundred followers a day, engagement is just really incredible. And I'm actually, I actually feel like, like I'm growing now as opposed to just staying, standing still, which is what, where I've been for the past year or so. Um, <clears throat> so that's an incredible feeling that I actually cracked the code. Yeah, now it's a lot of work. Now it's a lot of work to continue to create and produce the content. And that's where the work's going to come in now, but that's Instagram. Now I'm moving over to YouTube and I've never really had like an identity on YouTube except for, you know, the the cold calling and the few videos I put out where I was given tips. It took me eight months to get to my first sale. So, and, and you got to realize back then there was no social media in 2002. There was no Facebook. There was no Zillow. There was nothing. Um, it was like we had MLS, email, postcards, letters, phone calls. Um, you know, a magazine that that was really it. Um, so it was a different world. You know what I mean? If people want to be Ricky, you know, they need to go back and listen to the simplicity of the first thing I said, make calls all morning, create content all evening and do a weekly email every week on the same day of the week forever. That's really it. You know, if you're making calls and talking to people and, and you're giving great first impressions and letting people know how, how you know much you care about them and you know you're hardworking, honest, dependable, and you just want to help them when the time comes, you get their information, you're doing weekly emails, and you're kind of accumulating those people while you're creating videos and learning social and um, you know, building influence. You know, it it's it, you know, everybody goes through the same stuff and it takes several years to really get some momentum in this business. And that's why most people quit. You know, you might sell a couple of properties here or there. You might have a great first year or whatever. Uh, And even if you sell 50 properties in your first year, you still have a long way to go to really build the foundation, um, you know, of your career, of your, you know, 
20, 30 year career. You're going to get distracted immediately, you know, mm-hmm. and that's how, that's how it is. Like TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, yeah. they just drag you in this, this dark hole and you, you don't realize an hour later has passed and you forgot why you even went yeah. on there. But when you're going out to the pocket network, you're going there for a specific reason, right? Mm-hmm. And majority of the time you get it really very quickly and you know, you're in, you're out or, yeah. or, or you know, you're just falling around. Done. Yeah. I think our, our right now our average time visited is like, is like six minutes. Which is amazing for, the for busy professionals. And yeah, so, so literally what we're seeing, uh, what the trend we're seeing is that people are coming in or majority of the action is happening on the, happening on the feed where, you know, people are just asking questions or answering or, yeah. or it's a lot of us doing updates and stuff of mm-hmm. what's going on and uh, just real quick interaction and then boom, they're out. Yeah. Um, private messaging. So, you know, you can always connect with someone privately too. Mm-hmm. You can connect with them, see what they're doing, whatever needs you need from them. Um, and we also have groups too, which is a great addition that we added. Yes. So, um, you know, you can create a group if you're a premium member. Yeah. And um, that group can be very specific to maybe um, something in your area or maybe some knowledge that you want to share, whatever that may be. You can create a group and invite, you know, either either invite all yeah. the agents or invite your team. Your team. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, we see yeah. we see team groups there where, where, yeah. where like the premium uh, member is like the team leader yes. and they invite like 10, 15 of their teammates and they have like discussions there. And so like if there's any questions that ever comes up in their in their team meetings they can always refer them yes. to, to that group so hey we've already discussed this yeah the pocket listings i mean where can you really go to a central place where people have posted off-market listings yeah and then again like imagine you're signed up and then you have buyers looking for a property this is where you stand out as an agent you you present to them stuff that is like not available anywhere else exactly. and it's limited to such a few amount of people yeah. right you know, obviously we're not gonna have like 10 million users because you know it's not we're not a social media website we're a very yeah. niche company so not a lot of people are going to be seeing that product and how much more value again it goes back to the value that you can provide how much more value can you give to your buyer when you say yeah. hey i know what you're looking for you know i, I i'm working you know i i'm in the facebook groups i'm i'm calling uh prospective uh sellers and i'm, I'm also in uh the pocket network community mm-hmm. where i can post about it and a bunch of other people yeah, can see I'm doing it all and, this for and you. reach out yeah so it's that that value or else like like I said previously, a hundred people can sell a house and a hundred people cannot buy help a buyer. But what are you doing to stand out? Exactly. To, to differentiating be yourself. Exactly. To be different. Yeah. You have to take advantage of the resources. And, and and backing up a little bit, the pocket network is absolutely free to sign up to. So the best part of it. <laughs> you're like yeah. literally not missing out on anything. Yeah. Because you have free information that's so specifically dedicated to what you can do to grow your business. I mean, I don't see why why you wouldn't sign up. Exactly. So that's the whole, uh, Even if you, you're not into the idea, why does it hurt to try something yeah, that's for free? Yeah, exactly. And, and six minutes. You don't have to spend too much time on it. Go on, yeah. time yourself. Six minutes. If you fall in love, great. Pay up. If you don't, then what's it going to hurt your career? You tried. Been there, done that. Yeah. Try again next year when we have new updates. Which is actually... Compared to other websites, other real estate websites, it's actually pretty high. Yeah. But um, but it's consistent. So so it's like they're not hopping well, on and off. We also have so many more things than other real estate websites. Yeah. There's not a single well, website that has all of this. Exactly. Well, other websites are usually just news related or or um just news related. Yeah. <laughs> so, Basically, that's what's uh, out there right yeah. now. Yeah. So so um, 
but you know when we run the numbers nobody a lot of people don't hop on and off every 30 seconds you know yeah. for 30 seconds hop on off hop off and then mm-hmm. an hour later go back for the it's usually like once a day or twice a day they'll go on do the research do you know find some information talk to some people yeah do whatever they gotta do and then boom there yeah it really is just a career career tool to excel in life you gotta get uncomfortable yeah. you know you gotta get outside your box you can't well, it's the market's been so good they didn't have to be uncomfortable well this is which is exactly why those agents are not uh, not going to renew their license in a couple of years yeah. we've been seeing an agent drop off already since mm-hmm. the beginning of the pandemic but i believe that they're going to get hit so hard and, and you know like they're going to be so clueless to people that are not taking it seriously where they're just not going to renew their licenses yeah. and completely forget about it in the next couple of years yeah because a lot of people did this as a side hustle to make a bunch of money and that's really not what any career is for yeah. because yeah. when the hard times come if you're just doing it for the money you're not going to survive exactly. so for prospecting and um, just uh, is there any advice that you can give for because it's going to be a lot harder so should should they have different scripts or will the same things work I mean everybody has different scripts that they work with it's about my main advice would like to anybody, uh, uh, to any agent out there, like prospecting is literally just double what you're doing now. You're going to have to double it. Literally. Yeah. If you're making two hours of phone calls, make four. If you're, you know, if you're not following up as much, make you, you have to follow up. Sales aren't made only like 3% of sales are made off the first phone call. Yeah. So imagine losing 97% of your sales because you're, you're like, ah, I don't, I don't want to work with them. I don't want to call them back. No, you have to call them back now mm-hmm. because now you got to touch them five, six, seven, eight times with a phone call, an email, a, a postcard, a door knock. You got to use every single method to finally get it because that's what that's what it's going to yeah. take now. We're back. I hope you enjoy those reels as much as we did. We had a good laugh at yeah, some of those moments. Yeah, it was really good. Especially knowing like what was happening behind the scenes. Maybe that's the next little thing that we do at the Pocket Network. Show you guys what happens behind the scenes. Because just talking to these people, it just truly goes to prove the power of networking. As soon as the cameras are off, we're usually talking to the people, thanking them. And then all of these incredible stories pop up. So you guys, that just goes to say how you can truly take advantage of having a professional in front of you. Anytime you go to a networking event, if you're even, you bump into another agent at one of your open houses, make sure you talk to them, listen to their personal stories. Don't just throw it off as like, yeah, another agent who can't shut their mouth. No, because in each story, you can learn so much. Just like you saw in our highlight reel, all of those snippets have come from personal stories that each of these professionals came here to share with us. So make sure you do that in your own life. Make sure you're not missing any opportunities, especially with the the market that's ever fluctuating and sometimes not for your, uh, in a way that you would want it to. So make sure that everything around you is a lesson. Absolutely. And, um, just finishing off this season, I really, really want to thank all our contributors that are contributing to uh, for us and, uh, encouraging us to continue making great content for you guys. I want to thank our families. We spend endless hours, uh, late night hours working here uh, at the studio in the office, just uh, putting out great content for you. So I want to thank them for their patience and their support. I want to thank our um, video editor all the way from Armenia, Haraj Pelosian. He's been doing an amazing job for us. He's part of our team for sure. And I want to, I want to thank you and Ed for, um, for always uh, putting out great content. So you give our cameraman, our producer, he's the one that makes sure that everything is perfect before it even gets to the editing scene. Yeah. Thank you. So thank you. Thank you.
Awesome. Thank you so much, everyone, for watching. We really hope you enjoyed this season as much as you enjoyed the first one. And we're always looking for feedback. So make sure to reach out to me and Gev too on social media. Tell us what you like. Tell us what, we, what you'd like to see in the future. And we'll make sure that we're continuously pumping out great content for you guys. Thank you so much. And remember, like we always say, change, change begins, begins at home. home.